0: This is the atu2.com podcast for November 8th, 2019, talking all things U2, including new album news, tour dates, and community discussions from the staff of At U2. I'm your host, Colin Suter, and on this episode, we have Amy Fluhop, uh, who was at the opening night of the Joshua Tree 2019 tour. Uh, before we jump into the, into the discussion, I want to let you know that you can find links to items we discuss in this episode at www.gov goodstuff.fm slash at you two slash 99. And if you're not already subscribed to the at 2 podcast, you can find the show in Apple podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you currently listen to podcasts. Okay. So Amy, um, you're uh, new to the website. Uh, what, what's your, what's your role in our, in the, at the website at at you two.
1: I am a news writer and, um, opinion piece writer. Um, that was kind of my background before. Uh, I don't do it professionally right now, but it's always been a passion of mine and a chance to write about U two uh, on a one of the you know original U two fan sites. You know, arguably the the most well known is is quite the <laughs> honor. So I'm excited to be a part of the staff. I was um, very nervous when I applied. I can
0: relate to that. I was as well. Um, so. You are now. I read your off the record piece, which was published uh, last week. And I mean, you are the quintessential traveling fan. I mean, you are, you, you, you made it to New Zealand. Where do you live exactly?
1: I live in a suburb okay. of St. Louis.
0: So, so traveling to New Zealand is no small feat for, for a fan, uh, to, to go see a U2 show. Uh, but you're experienced in this as you're, article uh clearly shows you've you've traveled uh, you know great distances to see you too um what has been i mean what what let me ask you just first uh what what has been your favorite traveling experience so far
1: uh yes <laughs> um traveling or uh i mean like i said i've been fortunate i've seen them um all over the u.s and in europe now several times um belfast interestingly Mm. enough um belfast is such a unique place in kind of in in the world honestly because of history and what the city has been through over the last 30 or 40 years um i saw them for the first time there in 2015 it was the first time they played there um since like 1998 Mm -hmm. um and it's a very small venue um the city was very welcoming um But it's just, it's a unique place. And I've seen them in Belfast now twice. I saw them last fall on the experience tour uh, for two nights in Belfast. And those shows were incredible. So I can't say that I've had any like crazy traveling, knock on wood, um, experiences. I did spend a lot of time, I will be honest, Joshua Tree 2017. uh, It was a lot of one night shows. um, So I couldn't justify hotel costs. So I slept in airports. I would fly in, go to the show, like go straight from the airport to the <laughs> wow. show. And then figure out a way to go back to the airport and then sleep in the airport. I did that <laughs> a lot on Joshua Tree 2017. So that's a traveling experience unto itself. Um, but, and all those shows were incredible, obviously. But in terms of just kind of feeling the connection to the city and kind of what U2 stands for, uh, the Belfast shows, both of them. And as I mentioned in the, in the piece i wrote last week um the first set of belfast shows was pretty interesting because it was i was supposed to see them in paris and then the paris mm. shooting happened and um it was the shows were canceled uh the city of paris and all of france was on lockdown yeah. basically so i didn't leave my hotel room that weekend um it was quite scary um and then we all There are a lot of us that I think had planned to do that. And then we got into Belfast and it was an odd sense of relief to go from a city like Paris to be very relieved to be in Belfast. I don't think that's a common (laughs) um, emotion when you go to Belfast, at least not in the last 30, 40 years. And now it's, it's great. It's totally Mm -hmm. fine. But uh, it was really odd to be super, (laughs) to be in Belfast. And like I said, in the piece, it was really interesting because you weren't really sure how to react it was a couple of days, less than a week since the attack and it was still very much part of the world's consciousness and security was tight. Um, and like I you know I mentioned it was you weren't really sure how to act. you weren't sure if you should be like excited or you know kind of scared because you know security was amped up but um, like they just the first night they kind of allowed you to feel joy again and they played a lot of really fun songs. And um it was just a, a joyous two nights um and that will always, I will always remember those two shows I like I said I don't always remember exactly where I sat terrible <laughs> as that is um, terrible. but I remember my view from <laughs> I think, <we're>, I <laughs> I don't think always we remember do that yeah. last shows but I remember where I was the first night and I remember where I was the second night and I just remember the way the city felt and then on this last trip it's just a small venue Belfast is a small venue and the fans that are there are fantastic and uh, they love you too so uh those four shows definitely definitely always stand out whenever i talk about my particularly my youtube travels and on this last trip i was actually i had time i didn't mm-hmm. have time the last time uh to to a tour of youtube or excuse me a tour of belfast uh that explained the history of the troubles and that was really impactful um to kind of learn more about that because i didn't know mm-hmm. as much as i wanted to and i was so kind of yeah on the last trip um and it um, but this time, I actually had time to absorb the city and really walk around it and listen to a guy who had worked uh, extensively with some of the folks who'd been prisoners on either side. And he talked about the, the history of it and kind of what the city had gone through over the last, you know, 40 years or so. Or, um, so those are those are definitely the ones that stand out. Um, I've been to, obviously, my first show. That's sure. Always, you know, the first yeah. show. <laughs> but.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So now we fast forward. We're here t- for 2019 for this tour that is kind of a, an anomaly for this band. Um, I mean, just doing the Joshua Tree tour alone was a bit of a head scratcher. And now just doing it again in 2019, which is not an anniversary year or anything like that, um, but really just to kind of get to those places that they haven't been to in a long time. Um so you were there opening night for this show. Uh I guess the first thing I'll ask is um you know about the audience the I mean there's so many jo- entry ways to into this conversation so I'll just start with the audience. What what was the vibe like uh in your area or what what you you know wh- how do you, how did you perceive the night um uh, as far as audience reaction? Uh
1: it was really um kind of similar to what was kind of felt in the Joshua tree in the States. I only did, did the States uh, dates in 2017. Uh, it was very chill. Um, the, the New Zealanders, the Kiwis, as they call themselves, are very chill. Um, everybody, it was kind of a chilly mm-hmm. night. Um, so everybody kind of weirdly bundled up. Uh, but it was just really relaxed. Um, I was in the seats. I was not in general okay. admission. They were definitely having a lot of fun. <laughs> um, but everybody was dancing. um you know, it was, yeah, it was a really one of the more relaxed kind of shows, if that makes sense, um, where people were into it, but there wasn't a lot of it was everybody was focused on the stage, focused on, you know, the, you know, on the band and um, just really getting into it really paying attention that you could tell they were like a knowledgeable crowd. Um, they sang mm-hmm. along uh, to everything. Uh, they definitely kind of got it, if you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, they kind of. Got Bono, and I know there's been some um, some reaction to kind of Bono's shtick that he yeah. does, you know, about being a Megalomania Mac. But I kind of feel like, as crazy as it sounds, I feel like if you get you two, you get that part. And I feel like the audience Good. got it. There wasn't a lot of like, what is going on here? Yeah.
0: You know? uh, that's interesting because this particular tour and this particular album, it's so centered on America. And I was kind of surprised to see. Maybe I shouldn't be surprised, but the fact that they left in. I mean, did they change any of the video uh, during the show during the Joshua Tree portion? You know, um, yeah, you know, I'm just thinking of all the Native American imagery, and um, you know that there was the Trump video that I see that they brought back. Um, I mean, it's so sort of focused on the american landscape which is the thing you know one of the things that inspired the album which was almost called the two americas um how do you i mean did they did they change anything drastically for for this new show or uh was it all pretty much the same and 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 you know i guess the follow-up question is you know did it do you think it resonated for for new zealand
1: Ah, uh, It's a really interesting question. Um, the Joshua Tree section was pretty much the same. Um, all the, you know, the video mm-hmm. was pretty much the same. They did spend time talking about um, America is still searching for its soul, mm-hmm. kind of. And they even talk about In God's Country and about how that's a song where it's, you know, country trying to figure itself out. um, And that that's still the case today. And I think that from my perspective, America has always had such a, an impact on YouTube creatively um, and kind of, you know, just the way they view the world that they look at America as this idea um, and they want it so much to be protected that I kind of feel like they, again, this is my perspective, I could be totally wrong. Um, they're far more um, experienced uh, YouTube experts on this staff. But the way I view it is they kind of want to evangelize that America is something that the whole world needs to kind of keep an eye on. And that if America loses itself, then kind of everybody's in danger, if that makes sense. Because America is this idea and it's a welcoming place. And it's a place that has always, you know, you're not necessarily, you know, you come here, except for the, obviously the Native Americans, everybody who came to America is an immigrant and everybody who came here was kind of offered the same opportunities to, you know, to a certain degree. And it just seems to me like they were still really focused on making sure that people know that, uh, that that's important and that we need to kind of protect it as a global issue. Maybe I'm totally off on that, but that's kind of the way I viewed it last night. And I feel like they were kind of telling New Zealanders, Hey, this is really far away, but, um, But at the same time, um, you should still kind of be keeping an eye on And what's happening in America is something that doesn't just affect America. It affects the world. And that's what they were talking about. Yeah,
0: that sounds like uh, a good way to sort of rebrand the show without having to spend a lot of time and energy reworking the show. Yeah. or just sort of rebranding the message of the show. Uh, I think that's actually, that's a, that sounds like a, a smart way to go about it. Um, using America as a kind of cautionary tale uh, instead of this, you know, uh, grandiose thing that that's, which is kind of how it felt in America. That's, you know, that, that's, that's kind of how the tour felt in America, not in a bad way, but just, we, you know, we, we know how, how the band feels when they're, when they're here in the States, Um, and what they think of America, uh, you know, as, as an idea, as a concept, as a, as a dream and all that. Um, but it's, I, I, I like that. I like hearing that that's, that's how they're using this, this, this show, uh, for the rest of the world. Now, um, you know, I think they're going
1: to answer your your follow-up question. The Trump thing was more or less the same. Um, like people, um, laughed honestly that was what i heard laughed. <laughs> they were laughing at it. they thought it was funny okay um i definitely had heard booze about it when i saw shows in the states yeah um more than one time mm-hmm. but um they kind of thought it was funny like kind of their the, the bands take on Trump.
0: yeah it is pretty funny i mean just that clip yeah. i mean the Isn't fact it? that that thing exists i mean that was like this old tv show in the 1950s that just happened to have that plot line um i mean it is it is pretty funny and it's i i'm glad that they they used it in the show that way it's just, um now the you mentioned some uh criticisms that of that were written uh, about Bono's and I saw the same thing. I think we're probably talking about the same article uh, about people or this writer anyway was confused about Bono's rant before even better than the real thing, which if I'm not mistaken, was supposed to be sort of y, but not really. It was kind of halfway there to Macfisto. Uh, Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, it wasn't the same Mephisto that was on the experience tour where he came out kind of as Mephisto mm-hmm. um but he definitely was kind of addressing it. Um he came out, you know, with the makeup it wasn't quite so quite so intense. Um but I think that that's it felt to me like a a direct tie-in to the experience tour. Yeah. Um because that was a, a section of the experience tour and that was kind of like a segue into a lot of things that were very similar if not basically the same is the experience tour um but because his whole line i'm effing bono mm-hmm. paul is dead i'm effing bono like if you've been to a show before you knew that right <laughs> um and but these people haven't so seen a me, show
0: in 20 years so you know <laughs> it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna fall on deaf ears for um, i imagine for a sizable portion of the crowd
1: yeah no i definitely agree um but i feel like there were a lot of youtube fans there i don't it's hard with giant shows like this where it's an album that everybody knows. Yeah. Like even if you're a casual music fan you know this album and even if you're not a super you know YouTube fan you go to this because it's just fun you can get tickets it's a big show it's a you know fun Friday night so maybe not everybody got it yeah. but I, I feel like a lot of the people there would have um, I like there was no I mean this crowd was not gonna like boo or whistle anything um, that they were extremely polite. Um, and extremely excited and, you know, reverential, mm-hmm. basically, to the band the whole night. But again, I feel like, and again, maybe this is me being a writer, if I was going to cover the U2 show, I would have maybe double-checked some of the past shows, like the most recent ones, especially since, like, set lists were leaked and that sort of thing. Um, because if you go back and look at any of the shows from experience, that's a big section of it. I mean, not a big section, but it's it's prominent. So... It wasn't a new line. Yeah. Um, even with the way they introduced that section. And this is kind of funny. I will I'll tell you something I noticed when they introduced um, elevation, they did the same screen that they did on the experience tour uh, where the guys are walking and Bono's like kind of checking them off and the guys are walking by. Oh, cool. Okay. And this is, this is sort of funny. I could tell that it was the exact same screen because as larry's walking by on the screen he's wearing his glasses and his hair slicked back whereas last night there were no glasses and his <laughs> hair as people might have mentioned it's kind of flopped over now okay. it's kind of young licking larry so but i could tell i was like "Ooh, that's last year's video because <laughs> so they probably just thought we'll use it it still works um but again i also have i also saw several shows 22 <laughs> on last year's tour so i have a perhaps a too knowledgeable eye. But mm-hmm. I mean, to me, that was when I saw that, I was like, Oh, we're going straight into kind of like a, a partial section mm-hmm. of the experience
0: tour. Mm-hmm. Um, but
1: again, a weird thing I noticed.
0: <laughs> how did, uh, I mean, the, the, I'm just looking at the set list right now and it's, uh, you know, they typically ended the main set with mothers of the disappeared, which is a powerful ending. Um, how do you think the, uh, adding Angel of Harlem right after that, which is this joyous, upbeat song. How do you think that worked?
1: Uh, well, basically what they said um, that there wasn't really an intermission. They just uh, kind of finished up Mothers um, of the Disappeared and then they moved out to the middle stage, you know, the one in the center of the yeah. mission And they said, that's the Joshua Tree tour or that's the Joshua Tree album. And then Bono basically says, this is what we've been up to next. And then just bust out into Angel of Harlem. So, um, I didn't think it was odd. I didn't think the transition was a hard transition. Mm -hmm. Um, again, I feel like the way this band works is they give you moments of total, you know, kind of silence almost like in your mind. And then you go right into something fun. Um, because that's kind of always been the way I've seen them on tour, honestly, all the shows I've been to, gone from things that were really intense or really kind of almost sad to you know it's okay we're still gonna have fun like we need to talk about that but it's still like we're still fun and it's it's okay to rock out um so and it was great i that was a new angel of harlem is one of my favorites it was the first show i ever went to Mm -hmm. and uh people loved it i mean it felt like a song that everybody knew even not even just the you know diehards if you will
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's kind of one of those go-to songs that just can't fail when you do it live. It's just so much fun. Um, So I guess, uh, and then, so moving into the encore part, um, uh, Ultraviolet, the same uh, Women of the World video was used. Uh, I guess a lot of the same faces. They added a couple, uh, Greta Thunberg being one of them. And where's the other one? Kate Shepard, who is a... a, uh, Uh, leader of the suffrage movement in New Zealand. Um, So uh, I I imagine there was that those, I think those are the the two main ones that I, that I'm hearing about. Um,
1: It was a lot of ones that I had not seen before. It it looked very different to me. I was on the side, I'll be honest with you. So I couldn't see the whole whole stage, Um, but instead of, they definitely called out um, a couple of things I noticed were, and that's an amazing song. And he talked about, he gave his, you know, wonderful spiel about how, um, you know, it's a beautiful day when, you know, girls can go to school with their brothers and, you know, men and women are equal and when women can rewrite history as her story. I mean, that still has always been very powerful to me. Um, but it was a lot of, um, like there was, uh, you know, in the past shows it was like, again, the ones I only saw in the States, it was, you know, American suffragettes or, um, uh, Women in Britain, but they had like special pictures of Japanese suffragettes, so women who had fought for the vote all over the world. So um, that was something that was, you know, specific that I noticed. Again, some of the women I didn't know, and I'd be like, ooh, I need to go back and uh, re up on my, you know, <laughs> Oceania and Asian history because I need to know who these women are. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, also, this was the first, um, you know, big tour since, you know, they added uh, Emma Gonzalez, who is, um, an activist uh, from Parkland high school. I don't recall her being on the last tour. I could be wrong. I don't believe that was Parkland hadn't happened yet. So mm. um, she was on there too. She was right next to Greta Thunberg. Okay. Um, so there was a lot of, you know, young and old um, again. Now maybe people who were watching the show from the front could see all the different faces, but the ones that I noticed were uh, suffragettes from each you know country kind of in the area. Um, and then, like I said, um, uh, Marsha P. Johnson, I don't think, was on there last time. And she was recently kind of um, – she was an activist in the transgender movement um, after Stonewall. And uh, Stonewall, obviously, the anniversary was um, this you know, past year in June. So she was, it was cool to see her because I've learned more about her mm-hmm. as the anniversary of Stonewall happened. So there were a lot of new faces, um, not just um, – there was more than I expected. It was a lot of faces that um, I expected to see weren't there and vice versa. So, um, it was really cool. They definitely took a lot of time to, to improve that, not really improve it, but change it up and, um, recognize people that hadn't been recognized in the past. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, it looks uh, so after, then after that, they went into love is bigger than anything in its way, which is a song they have, you know, obviously weren't doing on the last time because it hadn't come out yet. Uh, did they do anything special for that song?
1: Uh, they did not. Okay. It was no, they didn't run the, the video that they ran at the previous shows. That's just to me, that's a great anthem. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't you can't hear that and not get into it. You can't hear that and not just feel good. Um and you know, when everybody's doing the oh oh I won't sing yeah. you guys are <laughs> but um but everybody does that and he kind of encourages the crowd. I it was a song that I think people even again, if they didn't know all the words, um, it's hard not to get wrapped up in that. It's a beautiful message. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an easy line to learn very quickly, and um, yeah, it was amazing. It was it was incredible.
0: Yeah, and I would I uh, you know I don't know I, I I think that'd be cool just to end it right there, but they're going to end with one, of course. Um, which right. is- I
1: was expecting it to end there. I didn't read the spoilers. I tried to <laughs> let myself be surprised. I was going <laughs> to
0: ask you like if you if you did that at all, but. Um, but I, but the thing I love about the version of one that they do is it's actually my favorite, uh, little, I don't know, what do you call it? A, a coda add on whatever, but, uh, the, the, uh, there's no them only us. That's my favorite, like one edition or one outro. I like it more than, you know, shine, uh, not shine like stars. Um, uh, do you hear me coming Lord? Uh, do you hear me call? I, I love there's, it's, the, there's no them only us at the end of one i i wish i, I hope they release a recording of that at least
1: yeah uh, me too i think that statement alone is just powerful in general mm-hmm. regardless of any situation you're in yeah, in life gotcha. um i agree with you i love that
0: um okay so it's i mean it sounds like oh i want to go back to the 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 just really quickly the criticism part um where he i, I guess the the writer of this article was alluding to the fact that Bono was criticizing New Zealanders uh, for their insecurities. And I guess he, t- this writer must've taken it literally, even though, you know, Bono is obviously not, you know, he's in character. Um, did, did that like, what was that accurate? I mean, or I mean, was there, did that kind of, cause I, I'm the kind of person who, if I'm in New Zealand and, and Bono starts, you know, like, Going off on a rant that I know is uh, not serious. I'm always thinking of the people who like don't know anything and who are just taking it literally. And uh, so I was just wondering if there was any like sort of noticeable discomfort around you or anything. Or
1: no. Okay. When I read that, I'll be honest. In all fairness, I haven't read the article yet. Okay. I saw it. I read the like kind of part of it that we, you know, um, that I had seen Mm -hmm. online. That line of it that people were being called out for their insecurities, I didn't understand that at all. Okay. So that's a perspective that I, if this Robert's writer obviously had it, um, I didn't see how anybody could take it that way. Okay. Uh, personally. Okay. Um, because it just felt to me like, oh, this is this is the shtick. This is the, mm-hmm. you know, he, he talks about because it, again, it's to me it's almost identical to the Experience Tour where he talks about, you know. He, basically he reintroduces the band again and he knows he said something along the lines of when he's near them um around them there's truth and you know truth is nearby and how you know he can feel larry mullen jr obviously with the drums and he can and again it's just and he talks about how over the years um the band hasn't changed a lot but he's become he said, "You know, I've been diagnosed with something. I'm a, a terminal megalomaniac." And I was like, "Yeah." He he owns up to that. And mm-hmm. to me, it's I I personally find it more. Again, this is maybe not a common opinion. I find it more self deprecating yeah. than like um kind of bombastic. I find it to be more like he's calling himself out for being a self centered, you know, what narcissist you- basically, and. Yeah, which which
0: he's done many times, but people still have this attachment of the rattle, you know, the Joshua Tree rattle and hum era Bono, who, you know, uh, did not often do that, at least not uh, not noticeably. Um, And, uh, you know, just people still have this idea uh, that Bono is this you know incredible egomaniac, which in a way he is, but in a way that is, I think, healthy. You know, like he's said many times, like, or at least, especially during the Pop Mart tour, he was getting, I remember him getting pretty defensive about, you know, look, if you, if, if, if you're shy, don't get into rock and roll, you know, (laughs) like become a potter or something like that. Um, You know, so it's like, it's okay to have an an ego when you're the front man of a big band. Um, But, you know, he's, he also has a sense of humor about it, which is you know, what, what the key to their success is as far as I'm concerned.
1: Uh, no, I totally agree. And I feel like it's kind of like, if, if I wasn't like this, we wouldn't have been successful. Like, yeah. This is necessary. This is part of the job description. Right. Exactly.
0: Uh, okay. So that's great. I mean, it sounds like it was a, it was a great show it, it, that this tour can uh, live on for the next month and a half and, and be successful. Um, and uh, so, you know, based on what we, you know, have all seen and heard uh, about opening night, now you're going again tonight, correct?
1: I am. I'm doing the entire a new zealand and australian leg oh man
0: that's uh, that's a little ways to go (laughs) (laughs) now do you Um, have seats for all these shows or you have ga at all or
1: uh, i kind of mixed it up Uh, tonight again it's another seat it's on the opposite side of the stage okay um and then it's ga in brisbane and ga i think in adelaide i have to kind of double check it's like i think after the eight shows it turned out to be four seats and four gas and one of the GAs is uh, red zone red zone is first night in Sydney. Um, but another reason I have to kind of point out, um, why I traveled this far was because, uh, I knew that since they had toured down here in nine years, they were going to, these shows were going to be fairly epic Mm -hmm. that they were going to kind of, because they did talk about it. They said, it's been a long time since we've been here. We're sorry. Um, it's definitely taken us too long. Bono definitely addressed that. And he said, thank you for your patience. Um, So for me, it was a chance to not only see them again, which I would do every night forever if I could, but uh, just the chance to see them talk to an audience they had talked to in a while. I knew that they were really going to pull out all the stops and give these people shows and nights that they never forget. So that was another reason that was worth the the trip and the time um, and the travel for me to do this. And uh, last night definitely lived up. I mean, they went on 35 minutes after Noel Gallagher ended. Mhm. Uh which seemed pretty quick to me. I felt like it was like an hour between
0: Oh god, uh, it all just feels just forever between the opening yeah. act and when the show yeah. actually starts. Yeah.
1: No, um yeah, I know Gallagher was great. He was funny. Um I have to kind of talk about him too because I I've seen a lot of openers mm-hmm. and he was great. He talked about um you know, the show that you're about to see is, you know, unlike anything you're, you know, the best thing you'll ever see. Um he was funny. He played some of his old stuff. He did the first like Five songs where he said, he said, the first half is for me and the second half is for you. And then he did some of you know, <laughs> the Oasis song, which is cool. People really got into it. Um, but then like I, it was, he was done at eight, at like 835, they came out. And again, I was surprised because usually it's an hour or longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they came out there and it was, it was fantastic. I mean, it, yeah, it just definitely he talks about, you know, this is, let's make this the best night ever. And you know that that isn't just something he says. He really, the band as a whole believes it and they live up to it. And, you know, for me, that was, that was, again, another reason to make the trip was just because I wanted to see, cause you know, one or two wouldn't be enough, um, eight epic shows, because I know that every city they go to, they're going to want to put on this amazing, amazing performance that, like I've always said about You Too, everybody asks me why. Like you see the same show over and over again. Like nobody, <laughs> nobody I know gets it. Really yeah. honestly, it's the same show every night. What are you? What are you seeing this? In the last year, I saw the same show twenty two times. But it's not. There's never a night where you feel like they're phoning it in. You never. Mm-hmm. There's never a night where they want to give every person that's in there to the back. Um, I sound like one of their publicists now. I guess, <laughs> um, but <laughs> somebody who's selling tickets. Come see You Too. You, I mean, I have literally been in the back row, the last row at uh, Giant Stadium or I guess it's the Meadowlands um, on the last one. And I was at a seat the first night and the second night I was in the last row because that was just where my seat was. And I didn't feel like, oh, really, you know, Mm -hmm. it didn't feel any different. It doesn't feel any different to me where I'm sitting or standing. Um, It always feels like even when I'm in G.A. and sometimes I can't see them. I've had in New Orleans, I was in a spot in the G.A. Where I couldn't see, I couldn't, I honestly could not see them out on the middle stage, but I could hear them and I could feel them, and it, it didn't feel like I was missing anything. As weird as that sounds, so that's another reason that I made the trip. So
0: that's great. I mean, uh, and I, I I I'm right with you on that. Uh, and what part of the thing that stuck out about your piece was, you know, that you said you had said that. Uh, that going to, going to a YouTube show is basically like going to a church, going to church. It's like as close to a church as you can get, um, or something. You said something along those lines. Yes. And I, and I, and I agree. Like I've seen, uh, 39 shows, which is not much compared to a lot of other people, but it's, uh, you know, 18 of those shows were at the United Center here in Chicago. They've done, they've played that venue 19 times. I've seen 18 of those shows. And whenever I'm there, it just, it feels like home. It feels like, oh, I'm, I'm home again. I'm, I'm at, I'm at the United Center seeing you too. This is, this is, this is my place, you know? I can
1: totally.
0: um, Yeah. So, okay. So, uh, and, and so now you have seats, Um, you're obviously, uh, you're going to, you know, t- spend the day taking the sights in, right? In New Zealand. Um Oh
1: yeah. It's. That's great. It's amazing. It's an incredible place. I, uh, I definitely appreciate the passion of the folks who stand outside or sleep outside to get the GA seats. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But don't get me wrong. Um, uh, it's definitely a lot of passion. I, however, do not have that patience um, <laughs> to stand outside. I don't think all I day. do either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just don't. Like I said, I. I more power to them, for sure. Uh, no, in Auckland, I've been here. I, I tried to get down here as quickly as I could to kind of have some time. Yeah, I did an island, um, took the ferry to Bahiki Island. And there was like a hop-on, hop-off bus tour. And you could kind of go around the island. And there were just these amazing views of the uh, of Auckland um, skyline from there. And just it was gorgeous. The beach was amazing. I did that one of the days. Yesterday, I did a tour. And that's where I met um, another YouTube fan. And uh, they took us to One Tree Hill on the tour. We went to One Tree Hill, took pictures. Kind of. Oh, nice. <laughs> Had to nice do point. that. Yeah. Um, so, you know what? Not and I know we've kind of, I don't mean to be very um, kind of rambling. But another part of the show that I definitely wanted to point out, and I apologize for not bringing it up sooner, was the okay. the part where they talked about Great Carol.
0: Yeah. That oh, was right. different. Yes.
1: yes. That was different. Um, because they played One Tree Hill. Well, they, they talked about Great Carol. They talked about... They talked. They kind of explained more the backstory of how they met him and how, when they met him, um, he said, "There's one thing missing from your band." And they said, "What?" And he goes, "Me." Um, And so he became part of the band and kind of part of the not the part of the band, obviously, but part of the Mm -hmm. the group. And um, they played it, and everybody really got into it. That was one of the more powerful moments of the night. Um, And they showed a picture of him um, and then like his date of birth and date of death or not date, but then you know, Mm -hmm.
0: 1960 to
1: 1986, which was obviously quite different from the last go round. Um, yeah. but it was, I expect they'll do that on all of, I mean, I have no idea on the Australian shows, but I definitely kind of expected that was a really nice, um, touch. I thought definitely kind of a, a salute to the, and they played that instead of the other video. So I guess when I said the video was all the same, I was wrong. Um,
0: but, it would stand, um, I mean, I, yeah, that would stand A reason they would do that for that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But, um,
1: yeah, Auckland's amazing. It's a great city. The people are absolutely fantastic. They're so friendly. I'm so you glad that they sheep? got this tour. I have not pet any sheep yet. I'm afraid if I pet sheep, <laughs> they won't let me, you know, you go through customs and you always have to answer, have you been around livestock? And I'm always like, oh, when <laughs> I want to actually be able to tell the truth on that. Um, I've seen sheep, seen them. Okay. Um, yeah, I've seen the, I've stood on top of Mount Eden, which is a volcano and it's kind of crazy to be like, oh, this is a volcano that's covered with grass. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful city. Uh, the people are amazing and they, I definitely waited a long time for this tour, but, uh, but you two definitely acknowledge that. And, um, yeah, it was like, again, it was a double, double excitement because I get to see a part of the world that I always meant to come to. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm going to take some time, uh, when I'm in Australia, I'm gonna take a day between, uh, Sydney and Perth to go up to the Great Barrier Reef. Cause when in Australia, you must do that. I, you know, I think, So uh-huh. um, I'm going to do as much of that as I can, but the city has been fantastic. The people have been fantastic. They organized it extremely well. If you had a ticket to the show, you could get on a bus. And there was a bus that ran pretty much nonstop from um, downtown uh, Auckland. You could just get on a the bus. They took you to the show. You get back. We didn't even have to wait very long last night, like maybe 20 minutes to get on a bus to come back. So the organizers are, are incredible. Um, again, I feel like shipping for tickets. Like, you know, go buy tickets to see you too, because it's fantastic. Um but uh, I really, like I said, other than the the perspective of the, the writer who wrote the piece about the the review of the show, um, I can't, there's nothing that I can say that I could, you know, disagreed with or found odd or, and I, I'll be honest, I was nervous about the, the Trump part. Um, mm-hmm. I'm always nervous when that comes out. I was nervous in the States when we would yeah. get to that part of the show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but it went quick. Uh, people kind of laughed and I was relieved. Oh
0: yeah. No. <laughs> Great. Okay. Um so what I think we what I'd like to do is um you're going to see how many more shows?
1: 7 more. So tonight Seven and more. Then, yeah.
0: Okay. Uh cuz I think we'd like to at the end of the tour maybe do a wrap up um Sometime in December, and bring you back, and uh, we'll we'll just kind of you know get more of your perspectives and opinions on on the other shows that you saw. Um, But uh, so, thank you so much for for taking the time, uh, you know, to to give us the lowdown and being the the boots on the ground of at you two. Do you have an at you two staff shirt?
1: I do. I have a couple of them. (laughs) I I think they may have more impact in g in general admission. So I'm going to wear them, <laughs> yeah. general admission. I'm going to see what people say. I think people might know more. They did do a special Auckland t-shirt last night that had just like November 8th on it, which yeah. again, that was last night, today for you guys. Um, but if they do that for every show, the rest of the way, I'm in trouble because I'm going to need to get a shirt that has the <laughs> date on it. Do if they do... Oh man, like the merch situation, it's uh, it's out of control. But I'm um, I'm gonna have to have one if there's a if there's a dated shirt for the rest of this tour, I'm gonna need one. So oh, uh, I will probably yeah. But it's I you know I feel lucky. I know this is not something everybody gets to do, and I feel very fortunate that I have the opportunity to do this, the time and the you know ability to do this. And um, I love it. It is it it's the closest thing to going to church without really being in church, and sometimes even more so, honestly, um, for me, it's just the whole feeling of it and. Like I said, I can close my eyes during the whole show and feel it. And um, I think that's why I keep going back. It's uh, Mm -hmm. it's something I will never, ever get tired of. So,
0: yeah.
1: I appreciate you guys having me.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just, I envy you. I wish I could do this. Um, It's that's, that's, that's just sounds like a dream come true. Um, Okay. Oh, where can people find you on social media or anything else? Uh, else Well, it's,
1: at Amy Fluhop on Twitter. Um, so at A M Y P in Frank, L-U-G-H-A-U, P isn't Paul, T isn't Tom, on Twitter. Um, I need to get the Instagram up and going again. <laughs> I I didn't take it down. I just I don't have it up at the moment. I don't have I'm not logged in. I'm trying to uh but yeah, I'm definitely gonna try to start getting back into that with um now that my new role with with at you two, um, Like I said, I don't, I wish I tweeted any like actual opinions. I tend to retweet a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. I'm kind of a retweeter, um, but that's where people can find me. But obviously um, I'm looking forward to putting my work. Um, most of my opinions, I guess, and my ideas um, together collaboration with, with that you two, as, as I'm now a staff member. So the opportunity to get to talk and give my opinions um, is, like I said, that's a dream country for me. So um, I've got some great ideas and I hope to be able to kind of put some stuff out there in the next few months and kind of, um, be a new voice in the YouTube fandom and the YouTube, uh, community, which is so rich with people who know so much. I mean, some of the people on our staff just know things and I'm like, my God, how do you know that? Like, it's crazy. And I have no idea. And I feel like people ask me, they say last night was my 53rd show and my coworkers are are you their biggest fan? Do they know who you are? And I'm like, you have no idea. Like not even yeah. close. Yeah. So I know. <laughs> not even close. Like I'm I'm baseline compared to a lot of the people who are just so involved in it and know so much. And um, I feel definitely kind of like a, a novice to a degree, which sounds crazy, but compared to Well, you're not people, alone.
0: You're not alone. I feel the same way. Um because there's just only so much like you can know. But these, yeah. there's some people who just know everything.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely, and it's crazy.
0: And yeah. you know, God love them. Uh, yeah,
1: it's fantastic. I've learned so much <laughs> just in my short tenure at, at U2. I've learned all this, you know. Again, just you know, knowledge and you know, guys that work with each band member and how long mm-hmm. they've been with them. <laughs> I'm yep. just soaking it up. I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I can point out a couple of them, but um, but hopefully, I'll know some more. And again, I, like I said, I think I'm kind of um, I just enjoy enjoy listening to them enjoy seeing them enjoy enjoy feeling how how i feel whenever i listen to them and when i see them live because it's 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 just incredible every single time and mm-hmm. i was so sad at the end of last year i was in berlin at the end of last year and goofy story i was in berlin i and they said we're going away for a while and i was like oh this oh you know it's sad um and then i was in the ladies room the next morning at the berlin airport and this lady comes out of the stall next to me and i said oh it's really she oh you know she both bring you two t-shirts and she said you know, we had the show last night. She was like, I believe from Indiana. And she said, Oh, you know, we're going to be in Australia in a year. And I said, what? And <laughs> I said, "She," you know, I said, he said they're going away. And she goes, no, we talked to some guys in the line. They have blocked it off. And I was like, mm, whatever. <laughs> and then the rumors started to come back. And I was like, mm. wow, those people were dead on. So <laughs> I'm thrilled. I'm beyond thrilled that I was wrong, but um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's incredible. So I hope they keep touring for a long time to come. I think, Another reason I do it so much is my always like fear that they're going to retire or mm-hmm. stop touring. Or when we have the instances where Bono hurt his back around the 360 tour. And then when he hurt himself on a bike um, before the innocence tour, um, I'm mm-hmm. kind of always holding my breath around that sorts of situations. So that's why as long as they tour, I'm going to try to do everything I can to, to go along for the ride for as much of it as I possibly can. So,
0: yep, same here, same here. All right, Amy. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining us. And uh, we will talk to you again soon, I think in December and uh, happy travels, safe travels. um, Check in on the Slack board whenever you can update us, uh, you know, and just, you know, anything you want to tell us. um, And uh, we will, uh, we'll talk to you soon.
1: All right, great. Thank you so much for having me.
0: No problem. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.